Hey everyone, welcome to Mom's Plane, an unfiltered, no bullshit conversation about motherhood. This podcast is a space to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and dive into conversations that all moms think about, but no moms talk about. Let's, Let's go. do it. Oh. <laughs> okay, but seriously. Let's do Let's this. Go. <laughs> hey, welcome <laughs> back. I don't know why I do this. I do this like as if I'm being filmed. Siobhan, you can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh at you too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have ourselves. We're f- um, okay, we're filming this literally the day that recording. we hit. Sorry, we're recording. I thought filming, <laughs> yeah, TikTok, whatever. whatever. We're recording this the day we hit. 1,000 downloads. downloads. I woke up this morning to a screenshot of 1,007 <laughs> downloads. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we kind of obviously anticipated it coming because it was like really slow up there last night. But um, we are still shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, again, Jordan. <laughs> so Jordan and I had this conversation. She's used to the, like the, the, is it infamy or not? Mm-hmm. Or like the, whatever, the fame. <laughs> we'll call it the fame. Infamy well, is like is... evil fame. Okay. So maybe oh, it's yeah, infamy. Maybe a little know. bit of that. A little bit of both. <laughs> Um, Jordan's used to it because she has such a following on TikTok and, um, she's used to the attention. She's used to people like taking in her content. I like the attention. <laughs> she does. Uh, and me, I'm just like, I've always wanted the attention and <laughs> You I, don't know what to do with it when you get it. No, and I'm just like, oh my God, people like me. Wow. <laughs> so, so we're here. We're here with a thousand downloads. If you haven't seen it yet, our Instagram blew up. Like we blew up our own Instagram <laughs> because we wanted everyone to know that. So. Um, I'm, today's episode is, I'm going to let Julia do the formal introduction, but I'm just going to start by saying I am so freaking excited for today's episode. I, like, I'm personally excited to hear all the information, so I just know that there's going to be, like, so many other people who are, um, excited to hear it. So, Julia, go ahead with the formal introduction. I mean, I don't know if I could remember all your formal titles. I'll let you don't do that. I don't formal. want it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so, I'm introducing to you my oldest friend, but the, you're not Please don't. I, I hope not. You're older my than me. My best yours, friend. <laughs> like, literally my ride or die. This girl has been with me through the thick, the thin, the everything. We've gone through it together in different countries, in the same city, everything. I got chills. <laughs> Aww, I love you. So, I, this is my best friend, Siobhan Tori. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm just so used to that because she was a Tory that before, but her name is Siobhan her Sutherland. Name is Sutherland. <laughs> I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to let her just introduce herself. Just uh, qualifications, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, why, why we're here. And a little <laughs> disclosure about what you're going to discuss, what you can and the limits of what I can discuss. Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm so, (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I am your biggest fan in life, both of you and in this podcast and your Instagram and TikTok, all of it. Um, Yeah. So a little bit about me. I am a clinical psychology doctoral student at the University of Waterloo. I'm just finishing my training right now. (laughs) So I'm in my one year residency at a hospital in Ontario. Um, So I see patients there and I do therapy be there and um, my interests, my research interests, because I do some clinical work, I do some research. Uh, my research is on women's sexual desire and the the context factors or the life factors that go into whether or not women are able to experience desire, whether they can express desire. And I'm working towards looking at societal issues now that play into Damn. how much <laughs> women are allowed to want sex. Um, yeah. So that's that's a little bit about me. Oh, and I've got two little, I've got two little ones. I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old, uh, little and girls. the cutest little beans. Little redhead babies. Oh, little oh, redheads. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, 
So I can't even remember. Okay, you have we. <laughs> Julia has a whole list of questions. I do. We pulled again, just like every other episode. We've pulled our followers. We've kind of mm-hmm. asked people who they want a visit on my phone. Yeah. Okay. So we've asked our followers kind of what they want to hear, what they wanted to ask to ask Siobhan. And then we kind of pulled in our own questions. And our husbands even gave us a list of questions. Yeah, they were real curious. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to like what I have to say. <laughs> and I, I, as soon as they were asking questions, I'm like, Shimon's not going to like that. <laughs> um, but I did want to just mention as well, we had, reco- we had recorded a, a previous podcast we haven't released yet. This one will be released before the one that we had recorded previous to this one. And in that one, we had spoken about the timing of our episodes and I had kind of thought that 30 35 minutes was going to be like a good amount of time to keep and pique your interests but it seems as though you guys just want more yeah absolutely so we're not, not going we're to put a limit awesome. so why wouldn't you want to listen to us for an hour I check every day to see if you have a new podcast and I knew I knew I was the next person and I was so upset that there's not a new episode I love it, I love it. <laughs> So yeah, we're not going to cap this one. If this one runs long, just listen to it in different parts. You're going to want to, honestly. Like, you're yeah. not going to not want to. Because this information is golden. It's it, especially... Pressure, you guys. Pressure. No, <laughs> you like, okay, no pressure because you, A, knew this stuff before. Like, I feel like you've just been, you like, well-versed in all of these things for a really long time. Like, just since you like your interests, you know, like what... You kind of <laughs> Yeah, knew. I guess so. Yeah, for my undergrad. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to say anything else. I feel like I'm I'm just saying all the wrong things. Not at all. So, not at all. let's go through some questions. Jordan. Okay, wow, there's a lot. Okay. <laughs> oh, can I say this? Um, I just think it's really important to talk about, like, the women that my research applies to mm-hmm. because um, there are femme identities that do not that are women who were maybe born transgender or born with different uh, biological assignment at birth that now identify as women. I want to open up my research to trans individuals as well, to people from the LGBTQ plus community. But my focus to date, just because most of the people who have participated in the research that I do Mm -hmm. have been cisgender, white, middle class, uh, straight women. Can we explain what cisgender is? Because I'm an ignorant... No. Loser. And I know what it is now, but I didn't up until mm-hmm. a while True, ago. That's really so there might point. be listeners that didn't know what, don't know what cisgender is. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. So um, everybody, when they are born, the doctor assigns them a sex, either a boy or a girl, because we use this binary system, XX or XY. Um, and then for cis people, um, it means that the gender you identify with, so you were born as, say, a female, assigned female at birth, and you feel like a female in terms of your gender expression. So it feels in line with what society views as a mm-hmm. woman yeah. um, for somebody who's trans the assignment that they had at birth does not match up with the gender expression or right. the way that they feel on the inside um, and so they would be a trans person person as opposed to a cis person got it Perfect. Mm-hmm. So okay, there we you. go. Yes. <clears throat> okay. I probably, probably got a way less involved and like worse answer than that when I Googled it. So I'm like, really <laughs> <glad laughs> you gave that answer because I was I, like, oh, that makes total sense now. <laughs> yes. I'm not the expert. So uh, I am always open to feedback if I, I said say, something if wrong. If you are somebody who identifies as trans and mm-hmm. wants to come on the podcast and um, mm-hmm. like I think male or female. Educate, yeah. Absolutely, like absolutely, we, anybody. Yeah. And you want to just, we could do an entire episode on it yeah. because I think that's so important to get out there and like for more people to be talking about. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Transparenting experiences would be, yeah, unique yeah. And, and really interesting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Okay, so hit us up. 
that's you. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I don't even know how to, like, ease into this. We're just gonna go. It's gonna be, like, it's gonna uh, be hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids again, but not hemorrhoids. <laughs> but starting with hemorrhoids? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no, oh I see like, what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Like hemorrhoids. I mean, we can Let's start with hemorrhoids. I, mean, I, don't know what, I don't know what to do about them. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably Neither had do them. I. 100% okay. I have, yeah. Um, okay, so let's just jump into do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Okay, this is a little less, less. Um, it's more tame. Okay. Um, when trying to conceive, so when trying to have a baby, mm-hmm. um, how do you make sex less of a chore? How do you make it feel like it's not something you have to do, hmm. even though it is? That is so tough. Mm-hmm. I think that people have sex for all different reasons. So sometimes yeah. you have sex because it feels good and it's spontaneous and you want to connect. I think sometimes people, and the research shows, sometimes people have sex because it's a gift to their partner. So they might be open to it and they're okay right. with it, but it's mm-hmm. not really what you were invested in or what mm-hmm. you personally wanted to do. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with that unless you didn't want to and it builds resentment. Then right. don't do it. Um, but if you're having sex to conceive, sometimes it will have a chore. It will feel like a chore. Sorry. And that's okay because we do things that are chores because they have something to do with the larger right. goal. Mm-hmm. So the idea mm-hmm. that every sexual experience we're supposed to have should be mind blowing and amazing oh, and we should want you. it. And no, that's Hollywood nonsense. I love that. Nonsense. Okay. Seriously though. Cause I mean, there are, yeah, I just so related to that, um, part about there's so many different reasons why we do it. And I won't lie. Like for the last year or two, since I've, we went through infertility, we got pregnant mm-hmm. and I had a terrible pregnancy and you know, my postpartum seemed to be terrible as well. I've been doing it for my husband. Mm-hmm. And it I think wasn't... a lot of women can relate to that, especially yeah. postpartum. Absolutely. And pregnant, really. Like, you do it because you know it's something your partner needs can and I... your relationship needs. Exactly. Can I then just lead into something else, a question of my own then? Mm-hmm. Um, how common is it? Brandon, please don't look <laughs> into this question or read into uh-huh. this question too much. It's literally just a curiosity thing. Um, how common is it for women to fake orgasms? Hmm. I don't even... Is, is that like an obligatory... Is it an <laughs> obligatory thing? Obli- obligatory? Yeah. Obligatory, yeah. Thank you got you. it, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually don't know the numbers okay. on that. But is it like a... Is it relatively common? Like, is it not... You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I know I have not with you, Brandon. <laughs> Sorry for all. I think every, every woman has. Me. I yeah. think that's just a thing that we do. Yeah, I think it plays into this toxic idea that men are feel like they're supposed to be performing and we're supposed to be receiving. offering something oh, or receiving right. or giving mm-hmm. them this feedback that they're doing a good job yeah. because there's a less obvious um, sign of that in terms of like. Um, 75% of women do not have an orgasm from vaginal sex alone. Uh, they need clitoral stimulation. I am one of those women, have, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. But yeah. men don't know this. Women don't know this either. Oh, and so there's not. this pressure mm-hmm. to feel like mm-hmm. you have to show that you're interested or that you're enjoying yourself. Right. And it ends up leading to you not getting your needs met. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If you're faking an orgasm, you're probably not going to have the, your partner's not going to put the work into giving you an and actual orgasm. I feel orgasm. like you're distracted oh, by yeah. the fact that like having to put in the work that it was required to fake an orgasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, they think that what they're doing is right. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's sad n- on 
both ends mm-hmm. for both people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Um, I'm sorry, Brandon, I had to ask that question. It's just <laughs> literally just, I think it was a burning question of mine because I've heard, I follow this couple who did like, they're also similar to you. I think mm-hmm. they are both doctors and, um, or maybe just sex therapists, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, they, <laughs> and they talk a lot about their own relationship and how they overcame this barrier of she was faking it mm-hmm. for a really long time. And then she realized that that's, then she was wanting an orgasm and saying, how do I approach my husband about that, that, the whole, that I was faking it. Hey, Ben, by the way, <laughs> I was just very comfortable for the last yeah. 10 years mm-hmm. and now I'm, and now I don't want to fake it. I want you to give me a real orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like that would deflate him so much. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but that's yeah, good no. for her though. That's a game changer. That's when you change the relationship where you start being more authentic. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Therapy. Mm-hmm. That works. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, actually then let's, let's, that one question, there was a, uh, Orgasm about, uh, or sorry, orgasm. there was an orgasm. <laughs> yes, there probably there was. was. <laughs> there was a question about, about orgasm. A, what was it? What is it? Yeah, say? so it was in kind of what we're talking about. So is no clitoral orgasm possible? Um, for possible. Uh, this is for everyone, but I would mean like no. I. No. Okay. So yeah, it, do you meaning like penis and vagina sex? Does that is, is can every woman have an orgasm from that? Is that or the question? Clitoral. Can every woman have a clitoral orgasm? Yeah. Is it possible for it to not happen? Like, oh, for sure. Is it possible sure. for you to not have a clitoral orgasm? Yes. Yes. So so lots of women uh, do not have clitoral orgasms every time either because they don't know their body. Like women are not encouraged to explore their bodies. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of women that don't know what would feel good that would lead to an orgasm. Or if they do, say they masturbate and they know exactly what feels good, they may, um, we know that sexual communication is nearly impossible for folks. Like nobody wants to talk about sex with their partner. It's so vulnerable. They want to do it all the time and it wants to be, they want it to be great, but they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it, which is, yeah, it's like, wow, it almost feels more intimate, I think, to people. And and nobody wants to criticize their partner or feel like they're, you know, do this, don't do that. It's very tough. It's really tough. Um, I lost my train of thought. What was the original oh, question? Like, like, no clitoral orgasm. No orgasm. Yes. So you may have a partner who is trying, um, or you might have a partner who's not trying, so work on that. But <laughs> um, you may have a partner who's trying, but you don't feel assertive enough or you don't feel like you can tell them yeah. you have to do this and not this, or this is what feels good to me. And that can be a barrier to having mm-hmm. a clitoral orgasm. Yeah. Um, and is, mm-hmm. I was going to say, is there anything like physiological like that could... Inhibit that kind of thing? Yeah, Yeah, there is a disorder. So the DSM-5 is the current, like, diagnostic manual that that outlines all of the sexual disorders. Mm -hmm. And there is one called anorgasmia where a a person cannot have an orgasm. So that would be clitoral or vaginal. Mm -hmm. Um, And people do experience that. And and it could be tied to organic causes. It could be tied to trauma. It could be tied to growing up in a very conservative environment. Is that medication then related or is that separate? Like, if a medication prevents you from... Yeah. Yeah. It could could be medication related. Okay. It, it could be something more organic like we don't really know yeah, what the source yeah. of that would be yeah like unexplained um, fertility like what the fuck is that we don't know what it is but it just mm-hmm. exists yeah. 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 yeah yeah there's so much we don't know mm-hmm. um so actually there was a question that i wanted to ask after that and then now i got too much into that thought um, <laughs> just me, uh like what were we talking clitoral about orgasms. No, clitoral orgasms is it possible oh right i was just going to give some like you know real real personal ones. experience yeah personal experience. <laughs> Go for it. uh Mom, mom, this is the time where you Yeah, stop you need to <laughs> mute this shit. Dad, right you, now. Dad you shouldn't even be here. <laughs> Never. Never be here. Um, I don't think I orgasmed, or I don't think I had a clitoral or, or a vaginal orgasm for that matter, um, until like tw- I was like 24. Really? Mm-hmm. And I started having sex when I was 15. Mm-hmm. So. 
Sorry, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no. I think I'm the opposite. I think from the beginning. Oh, I, I just didn't let people down there. Oh, uh, I okay, was like, okay. I was ashamed of my vagina. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Siobhan and I have like, I've asked her if it's normal for me to have like this shit, like this ashamed feeling of like what my vagina looks like because I think I mentioned this in previous episodes that the porn industry has really made that hard for women to look at perfect or what mm-hmm. you would consider a quote unquote perfect vagina mm-hmm. and my mind doesn't look like that and it's like yeah well, I don't want people down there and I didn't let people down there yeah so there is like actually new work coming out right now that's about genital body image so we think oh. about body image having to do with size and shape and weight and all of these things but we don't think about how much it's related to the genitals and yeah, now yeah, we're actually focusing in Literally. men experience it women experience it, it doesn't, as I know that sorry Brandon but it's true sure I know yeah. so many men do Brandon, right? yeah. Brandon gets yeah. frustrated with me because like even when he's like starts to do something I'm like shy I literally still go yeah, like me too. stop it like he's see he literally saw a kid come out out of my vagina mm-hmm. and I'm still like don't look at it mm-hmm. I, I'm doing that as if you guys yeah so that, that's I'll see like this is still like it's mind-blowing for me because I it's normalizing it for, mm-hmm. for one person in this room I hope other people that are listening yeah. I'm sure there's so many other people who feel the same way mm-hmm. yeah absolutely round round 100% <laughs> yeah Already. and it's great that it's being acknowledged now and and yeah. the the preliminary research is showing that it does have a huge impact on on I shouldn't say impact because it's like associated okay, yeah. with like lower mm-hmm. desire right. um or like right. desire to have sex yeah Okay, well, another round of personal questions. I'm just going to throw <laughs> one of my personal questions in there. It. As far as, like, s- dynamic sexually. So I'm just going to go oh. right into it. And so Brandon and I have very, very different uh, libido. So mm. Brandon has a very high libido. Very mm. high. And mine is, like, on the floor. Right? Literally. <laughs> like it's, and it's only gotten worse since I've had a baby. Yeah. Um, so how do you navigate that sort of thing where, like, y- your partner has, like, one or the other? The female has the higher, the male has the whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate, like, how do you get, I don't know, how is do you it, fix it? How is do it you... possible to have a healthy relationship with those? 100%. Okay. 100% it's yeah. possible. This is my jam. This is, like, my bread and butter. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, know it. I know that there are other people, especially moms who have just had a baby, yeah. where maybe your libido is higher, and now it's now it's no well, not existing. And I know women that, that are, or I know couples that actually, that don't have kids, and they're, like, they, mm-hmm. they've expressed that, you know, differentiation. One is or high, the, one yeah. is low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just at the outset. Yeah. 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 So women in general report having much lower sexual desire than men in general. That's It's not a surprise but I also think that it's not necessarily just biological I think it's tied to mm-hmm. the fact that women have been told their entire lives mm-hmm. to keep their sexuality to themselves to not explore it we haven't been yeah. allowed Preach. right <laughs> right yeah. and then in the context of a married relationship we're supposed to open up and have all yeah. these sexual experiences and it's like if our entire lives we've been told not to have that then how do I suddenly feel okay after this so it starts yeah. early right we, it right. starts with learning about consent early it starts with learning about bodies early with learning about pleasure early yeah. like like pleasure is a new part that we're Mm -hmm. trying to get into the sex ed curriculum um, for this reason because sexual dysfunctions are caused by earlier experiences so in general yes many women have much lower desire uh, wherever that's coming from and uh, for a long time women were pathologized so it was like oh you're dysfunctional because you have lower desire but why is the higher part desire partner not considered dysfunctional right right? just because they I mean the problem is not 
one person's low desire, one person's high desire, it's, it's a difference. It's a mismatch. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just the fact that they're different. Because if if Brandon was with somebody with higher desire, the problem wouldn't exist. If you right, were with somebody right. with lower desire, there would be no problem. Mm-hmm. So it's more about how do we recognize? It's like if somebody was an introvert and somebody was an extrovert. Yeah. Yes. How do we get both of Brandon. these right? <laughs> Yet it doesn't. But you've probably found ways to navigate that. You 100%. haven't considered that like, oh, this is a death toll on our relationship. Oh, wow, like, this I didn't is, think this of it. it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we make it if it, if we're mismatched in our sex drive it's like oh this is the end of like this is such a problem yeah no it's another thing that needs to be recognized and addressed and communicated about and I ran a study for my master's thesis on it looked at like true differences in people's sexual desire levels so men and women filled out like um questionnaires that showed how high like just we got a number of Mm -hmm. the woman's desire level and then of the man's desire level and there was no link between these two numbers like how different those numbers were and their actual sexual satisfaction so so they may have had huge desire differences right. and it didn't impact their sexual satisfaction. What did impact it was if they thought they had big differences in their sexual desire. So so people can sometimes actually be like not very compatible in terms of their sex drives, but they're doing things to like negotiate that. So they're not even noticing that they have these differences. And you might be wondering Whoa! like, what the hell can what you is, do? Like, what does that look like? Could you give an example? Yes. So it might be um, like one partner uh, is like not interested and the other one really is. And you're like, yeah, turn on some porn if that's something that you're interested in doing together. And you can maybe like rub your partner's back and they can be masturbating and you're like present for it. But you don't have to participate if you don't want to. Um, It could be like some people, I'm not going to say that this is your relationship. Some people open up their relationships and they're like, you know, if if you have that need, then you can you can do do something else. I know that's not like I think what the average person does but that is absolutely something that that some couples negotiate um other things that hides the problem you're saying that like it eliminates it I think it eliminates it because the the one partner's need is being addressed right um there's also sacrifices that we make in relationships so you could say like yeah I'd really like to have sex more often and you're like I'd really like to have sex less often and maybe you know twice a week is what you agree on because that's that's, exactly what Brandon and I have done it's kind of like we've met in the middle well (laughs) and I think that the problem here because the first thing I thought of was that's not enough and I was thinking well why isn't that enough and I, in my opinion, it would be that everyone, I've heard my entire life that your husband is not going to be happy with you unless you have sex all of the time. Hmm. And like, it's your job to, right, <laughs> yeah. right, it's my job to make sure that my husband, can you hear me properly? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that my husband is taken care of and, uh, or whoever I was with or whatever, my partner is taken care of. It's your husband's job to, to make sure that he is taking care of himself. And that is so, I uh, see that right there. That is where the issue Exactly. Is. Cause mm-hmm. I've heard that. I've heard that um, quote or whatever in relation to a million other things. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've said it to Cole many times. I've said, you're not responsible for anyone's feelings or emotions or reactions or behaviors mm-hmm. other than your own. Yeah. And, and you that can't, is and you, and you don't know like what your partner needs or you can't know what your partner yeah. needs unless they communicate that right. to you. So if they're holding back and not saying mm-hmm. things, right. like A, they want it more or less, like... You can't change it if you don't know that there's Right, a but it's also Hollywood that is telling us. Absolutely. Or mainstream, mm-hmm. everything that's telling us that 
this as a woman you need to do. Or even a man on that yeah. same level. Like, you need to be super horny. You need to want to have sex all the time. Mm-hmm. You need to be into, like, crazy shit or else you're and abnormal. some people just aren't. Right. Exactly. Yeah, some men just aren't. Yeah. Can I share one more thing yes. about... So, okay, one of the things you can do is negotiate that difference in terms of, like, how can we compromise or how can right. you be masturbating or, like, doing things that, that help you to feel like you're getting, like, that sex drive met or that need for, for sex met. Also, how can women's desire be boosted if that's something that you want? Yes. So that we have to look at what the causes of low desire are in women. Right. The causes of low desire in women are things like having to care give for their children 24-7 and not having support from their partners. How much do you want to have sex at the end of the day? You two yeah. moms with infants yeah um when you've been breastfeeding all day when you've been taking care of other people's needs all day not at all (laughs) oh my god (laughs) no they both leaned in at the same time (laughs) no you don't you don't and you might feel angry if you have been doing that and I don't know about your relationships but I know for um most like research shows that most women do the majority of the child care the majority of the care for the house Mm -hmm. regardless of how many employed hours they work every week so it's not anymore about like oh you're doing the home stuff and I'm doing the work stuff we know that women are just working more um and they're tired so if (laughs) touched out out. yeah yeah so I didn't even realize that that was a thing until I had valley so it's a thing yeah Yeah. and we don't because we don't talk about it we just let women do this and then until you're experiencing right and that's that's funny because like my first pregnancy and first postpartum versus this one is the contrast there is like black and white because with Cole I just swept things under the rug I literally went through it alone I was isolated I couldn't talk I didn't talk to anybody and at that time you I think lived in yeah you lived in California California. Mm -hmm. um uh and it was yeah it was insanely isolating Mm -hmm. and ever since I and actually when I got pregnant with Cole I remember this is a little tangent but I'm gonna go there anyway um my (laughs) friend my best friend other best friend (laughs) (laughs) um and uh another friend of ours um who took me to a sex shop when I was pregnant. And I remember being so awkward. Like you remember when I was like a prude where I wouldn't even say penis. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was boy crazy, but I like, for some reason I was like uncomfortable about talking about sex and stuff. Anyway. So they took me to a, like this store or this, uh, the sex shop store. And, and I just felt so insanely uncomfortable and that was while I, I was pregnant. It. But the difference I think now is that I go and shop at those sex stores now and I mean, obviously, that thing, maybe that's with age and a, mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other things, but it also has to do with, like, just me opening myself up to being, uh, not sexual, but, like, informed yeah. about mm-hmm. being sexual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and being not, a sexual but person. I was, right, yeah. and I was, I wouldn't say forced. It was, like, a, a thing I had to learn all on my own. No one encouraged me to do this. No one encouraged me to go and seek out what I liked or what I didn't like and all the all that stuff mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah men are getting crazy. that encouragement their whole life right exactly. and we like in order to be able to do something like that for you had yep. to co- overcome these barriers you had to motivate yourself to want to overcome those barriers mm-hmm. for a lot of people that never happens alone. Yeah. yeah yeah you're navigating it alone your first experiences of this is like you're already pregnant and you're trying yeah. to figure out your sexuality Seriously. like this is it's it's so late in the game that uh-huh. we're trying to like learn and how then to you're express behind ourselves too, yeah. i mean as mm-hmm. a single parent <laughs> it's I'm gonna have to re- re-listen to this to like take notes uh, i do anyway but i'm gonna have to do it more than once <laughs> don't worry the downloads that's a funny thing actually someone had asked me about the downloads and how they were and i was like they don't yes <laughs> they don't actually count um re- like repeat 
uh, whatever. Oh, repeat download. Yeah. So it's all original. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So every unique download. Cool. <laughs> anyway, not that you guys need to know that information. I digress. <laughs> let's go. Okay. <laughs> so let's go into do, 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 do. Does breastfeeding inhibit libido? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was experience, I too. Think that's <laughs> like, can you just explain a little bit as to why? If you... Yeah, I actually am not so much on the health psychology yeah, side of things. I was just going to say, things. if that's something that you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know a lot about that. I also know that the life experience of women who are breastfeeding is is difficult. Mm -hmm. And so for sure, like all of the things that go into breastfeeding are going to make it harder to be focusing on sex or, or wanting that. Um, you, you've both talked, talked about being touched out at the yeah, end of the day, yeah. like, oh my gosh. And, and while I was listening to that, I kept thinking like your partners should be giving you sensual touch, like, like sex, the way that you were describing sex, this is total tangent, but it needs to be said no, is like, is like, I'm going to give my partner sex at the end of the day, but I've already given people so much. Okay. Breastfeeding, moms your partner should be coming in if they want to have sex with you and broadening the definition of sex sex can be a sensual massage at the end of the day you want to have sex with me get hear the that, oil Brandon? out do get, you hear that <laughs> i'm gonna make sure you hear that get the massage oil out rub my feet yeah. this is sex like oh. that counts as sex i can't brennan does that for me oh see, like, that's I beautiful he does that and i can't pretend like he doesn't because he's so good at that kind of thing do you feel touched out for that sort of touch no 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 yeah. That's, yeah, I think Brandon had said that the other day. He's like, well, if you're touched out, like, you know, No, whatever. it's different, though. It's, it's different. so different. You want to receive. You want you don't want to give anymore. You want to receive. So yeah, the partner can be. That's the difference. <gasps> you don't want to give anymore. You want to receive. It's the quote of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Seriously. Have them, like, filling up your cup so that you're feeling like, okay, I'm actually getting care. I'm tired of giving care. Mm -hmm. I want somebody to give me care. Enter a partner. Like, your partner can be coming in to, like, offer See, you that. and I never thought of it like that I was always trying to figure out the way like the a way to articulate to Brandon what that feeling well, how was. you can be touched out but yet want him or, to touch you right mm -hmm. like because he equates it to kind of like the blowjob thing he's like well I want blowjobs you want massages you don't give me a blowjob so I don't give you a massage that's Ouch. always Oh, <laughs> one's disappointed. My husband is a great. He's a great. Man. I love your husband. Yeah. Oh my and gosh, yes, I do. I do. This is very common. This is but not. But yeah. I, I was trying to explain to him that, and without saying to him, uh, no, I do all of these things for our daughter. I did all of these things, and I know you supported me through that. Yeah. But um, I did all of these things. I do them, and I would like you to give me a massage or you know sensual touch. Without it, I me mean, having to reciprocate. But I don't want to give. I don't want to give anymore. Right. I want to receive. Exactly. That goes back to that. Like it's like yeah. I He's like, well, I'll do the other thing. He's like, I'll go down on you if like it's whatever. And I'm like, but that's not what I want. Here's another thing that's gonna blow your mind. Okay. Because oh, it blew my mind. So okay. Okay. Uh, often men experience what's called spontaneous desire. So they're just like in the mood, want to go. They get ready. Women experience often what's called responsive desire mm. which means that you don't feel this baseline like desire but if somebody starts touching you <laughs> and kissing you and making you feel good okay Brandon, now you pay attention <laughs> chances are <laughs> chances are you are gonna want more it doesn't yeah. feel like a chore anymore yeah. so so they may be thinking oh i'm just giving 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 i'm not getting anything well probably it's gonna work out well for you in the end if you're turning me on right like right. that's just that's, oh, exactly. that benefits everybody well, that yeah. did. i remember the there was one time where he, he in the last 
five years that he massaged me and I, it turned into something great. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though I did not, that was the last thing I wanted to do was have sex that night, but we had really good sex that night. Mm-hmm. So I'm, re- I'm, I hope I should have like a disclosure on this or like a warning. Uh, in-laws do not. Re- <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <replace> Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go back to, um, so let's just, we're kind of talking about wants and needs. So just, if you have any tips on communicating, like, the most effective way to communicate your wants and needs. Is that something that you should be going to therapy for? Is it something you can have a conversation with your partner, like, in your living room? Both? Yeah, you can absolutely do it on your own. I think there's kind of a formula for mm-hmm. it to Ooh. make it feel gentle and, like, kind. So this is where we take notes. <laughs> Literally, get your pen and paper out, ladies. Let's go. I think the fear is of, like, feeling like we're coming across as critical mm-hmm. or being afraid to ask for what we want and to, like, be vulnerable that way. Yeah. And and sometimes you can do like a, like the criticism sandwich. Like if you've ever like oh, I've heard of this. I've yes. heard of this. Like pe- for people like talking about car seat safety and like mm-hmm. commenting on car seat safety. Like you say Be something nice. positive, yes. and then you say the comment, and then you find a finish with something. Positive. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. Yes, we can do that. All communication works well this way. It makes it more receptive for people. Like whether it's at work or whether it's like in bed, separate things. <laughs> <laughs> they should be separate. Yeah, yeah. keep keep them separate. We're not Grey's Anatomy around here. <laughs> I mean, I would take McSteamy any day. (laughs) (laughs) So here's how it looks. Like an example of that would be, okay, say um, you want to introduce massage into your relationship because that would feel good. Yeah. You can say like, I I love having sex with you so much. I really like this one thing that you do. You can think of whatever is particular in your relationship. You know what would feel really good is I I love your touch. Like you feel so good. If you could rub my back or like kiss my neck or like, you know, give me a massage before we started. I think that would feel so good because I love having sex with you. I want to do it more. So oh. it's like, it's very positive. <laughs> I mean, we're on record, but I'm just going to like snip that little piece. And just, <laughs> just keep that in your pocket. Don't worry, it's Siobhan's voice, but it's me. So why is Siobhan asking for a massage? Like, <laughs> he'd probably be like, all right. <laughs> no, he is a good, he's a great husband. He is, he is he a is. great husband. <laughs> I, I make him sound like such a terrible, like no, sex no, no. crazy no. loser. He's really not. Which Brandon were you referring to? Mine. Hers or yours? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I don't know. You, well, I don't want one of them, honestly. It like, would apply to that. They're both great husbands. They're both great husbands. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think, okay, so let's go into porn. Talking about porn. Let's. And um, I, I just know from... I've had a, conversations with people in my life, not naming names, where their husband... It's not Julia. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, uh, whose husband watches porn, and that makes them incredibly uncomfortable, but it's mm. just something that he kind of needs. Like, is... I literally see this on my, like, mommy Facebook groups all the time. The question is, like, is he cheating if he watches porn? Mm. I'm like, therapy. What's your answer? Therapy. Anyway, uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> People define cheating in so many different ways. So I think infidelity is stepping out of the bounds of your relationship, whatever that's been. So Bam. if you're in an open relationship... Right. Uh, you're not cheating if you're having sex with other people, but you might be cheating if you're having sex with people and that hasn't been agreed upon for a specific right. person or right. you haven't told yes. your partner that you were yes. going to have sex with this person. <gasps> That's going to be my response now. I'm going to like respond to people. <laughs> yeah, it's so smart. <laughs> it's like, what was your agreement, right? Yeah, like, what, exactly. what, what did you, and you know what? 
most people don't have an agreement, and so they, they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. or, their hu- or their husband's watching porn, and he doesn't know that it makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I mean, that's like, first, th- so you're I, watching porn doesn't you whatever. Well, mm-hmm. and I think again, mainstream is that men feel like they have to hide it. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. least that's been my take on things. Like I've dated many different. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Just a few Um, And I have all different sexual levels, desire levels. And, um, yeah, and it it definitely feels like they're being, like, we're being pressured to not do it. They're being pressured to hide it Mm -hmm. because their wife or their girlfriend or partner does not or will not accept it because they assume that. Yeah, yeah. One of my colleagues, Chantal Gautreau, who is fabulous and very, very intelligent, did a study on pornography use and how it affects relationships. Ooh, I gotta talk to her. Yes, no, you kidding. should. She's <laughs> wonderful. And um, she found that it wasn't um, it, pornography use had nothing to do with how happy yeah. couples were in their uh, right. in their sexual relationship. It was if they were hiding it. Mm-hmm. hiding pornography use is a problem because it shows that you are not I, I'm extra, I'm extrapolating but I'm assuming that the reason oh sorry I, I'm going beyond what she actually studied and just making like a guess that was a big word Siobhan came into the house no, today and no. used a really big word I'm like oh she's here she's using big words the doctor's in the house and I'm like can you put that in Jordan terms, terms. <laughs> thank you so much please check me when I'm like nerding no, out no, with my good. psychology like words I wish okay. I had a vocabulary like yours it's true Silly. Okay. Okay. Go on. I'm so yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. My guess is though, it's that if people are watching pornography in secret, it's because they feel like there's shame or like they don't have that mm-hmm. agreement or they can't share their wants and needs with their partner, and that's the problem. The problem is not sharing with each other. Yes. Pornography in right. and of itself is not necessarily a problem, and can be very healthy for relationships if people are watching it together or if it's known by the partner that that's something that you're interested yeah. in mm-hmm. and and it's accepted. It can feel threatening for some people, and so if that's not a part of like something that they want in the relationship, yeah. then um, they need to recognize that either the partner is going to go without that or the relationship can't go forward. Like sometimes there are, sometimes the reason we don't have these conversations is because we're afraid of incompatibilities. <laughs> oh. uh, and for some people, you might have to decide if that's a deal breaker or not. I'm going to speak from personal experience here because I did have a brief moment when Brennan and I were first together. Like he's a important person. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm not, not that I'm not, but I just didn't watch it near as much as Sorry, he did. Christine. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I personally, I was felt threatened. I'm using quotation marks because of like my own body image. And that mm-hmm. kind of goes beyond yeah. this whole sexual conversation. Yeah. But I just feel like a lot of the people that my husband would watch on and like mm-hmm. a porn website were these like perfect stick thin yep. girls with fake boobs and yep. this perfect butt and I mm-hmm. do not look like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well is he is he turned on by that and not me? Like yeah. that was that kind of conversation in my own head. Yeah. Well and mind and you he's very much like um authority body positive like he's no 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 like, oh. but he, he's told me many times that that's not the reason like reassuring yeah, yeah. reassuring no, no i can see that Brandon is very very attracted to you and, no, and like i'm uh, it's been almost eight years yeah. since this ha- so like I, i'm very confident of that now but in the beginning i think that was the huge right. reason why i was uncomfortable with it right and i think i to add on to that um i mean similar situation with brandon and i well brandon and i met and we both, that's how we were, knew we were compatible, was just through our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, you and, still kind of, I still see it, like, so much now. Oh, uh, very much so. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, in regards to the porn thing, it was, it was something that it took me a really long time to get 
completely comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So if there are anyone, if there's anyone out there listening, boys or girls, males, females, and that one partner watches it and the other one doesn't or is uncomfortable with it, it's not impossible to get yourself to the point where you are comfortable if with it if that's something you're open to. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I definitely knew that that was something that was really important to Brandon, and I wasn't. It wasn't a deal breaker for me. It wasn't like a if you do that, I'm gone mm-hmm. or I can't handle it. I knew that it was something I'd like to explore. Yeah. And then we explored it together. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I did it before, like I met him, but um, doing it together is something that brought us absolutely closer in yeah. our relationship. So, so good. Yeah. Because you had that conversation, right? Like, you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, and I think Brandon and I are really lucky in that aspect. There are a lot of things that we don't talk about and we need therapy for, but that's not <laughs> like as in all relationships, just two exactly. quick things before we move on. I want to yes. say about that. One is that I want to acknowledge that there's so much toxicity in the porn industry. Yes. There is a certain image of 100%. a certain person and a certain type of couple. And, um, that is a problem. Like, like that's mm-hmm. a social problem and it gives, I, I think it gives, people who watch porn um people end up feeling badly about themselves gives them body image problems it gives the expectation that partners should be doing certain things that maybe they're not comfortable with doing or they should look a certain way and that is like a a big issue i just want to acknowledge but i think the other piece is oh and there is more like body positive porn out there Mm -hmm. there's ethical porn there's like porn that like yeah that actually exists has I mean holds so many different opportunities. It does, but you have to seek it out. Unfortunately, it's yeah. not what's going to be thrown in your face. Like if what's you go to pornhub.com, you're definitely not going to see some. Uh, you're going to get a very narrow yeah. subset, like a very narrow <laughs> view of like what what porn yep. can be. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you're talking about though is jealousy, which is like so mm-hmm. normal. Ready? Whether whether it's like yes. uh, maybe it's your partner's coworker that mm-hmm. you're feeling this way about, or whether it's like uh, what them watching porn. It's it, it kicks up our insecurities, mm-hmm. and that's very natural and having conversations about your insecurities and how oh you know this makes me feel like you know maybe I'm not good enough for you Mm -hmm. or like that's opening up a great conversation that you can have for your partner to talk about all the reasons why they do love you and do want to be with you in the relationship so yeah and I'd like to add on to that that it's I feel like sometimes uh there's this double standard of women are women are more jealous than men um but in my very colorful past (laughs) I have actually found that if it it's it is way more balanced than you think it is women just talk about it more and we're more more more, open to say right it's an emotional reaction for us which is yes well I guess it is for them too but we're more uh, women, women to, like kind of lead with their emotions. Hey, thank you. Uh, more yeah. commonly, right? Than right. Men. My We're husband, speaking generally. My husband leads with his emotions. <laughs> yeah, sure. Does. He is just the exception. <laughs> and women are allowed to lead with their emotions. So yeah. there's yeah, so and much. So of, are men too. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying Sorry, is, I'm not saying that you're not. No, no. <laughs> We're like touching each other. I don't want to hear Yes. Use the sandwich method. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that is exactly that is exactly the right correction because what I'm saying is that society allows women to express their emotions men have just as many emotions and have been told that they're not yeah. allowed to express them right, exactly. so so much therapy work like yeah. in my work with men is just teaching the words for emotions because nobody wow. has taught like sad happy uh-huh. and what that feels like and people so. question why i mean i have a i have a daughter but like people qu- question why i like start labeling her emotions so early i'm like because it's not ta- like people don't label kids emotions yeah. early mm-hmm. enough and like right, when- i'm gonna dig at my mom here really quickly side tangent <laughs> 
Sorry, Mom. Like, uh, Emery was, like, crying and whatever, getting upset the other day when we were at my mom's house. And I said, oh, she's probably just overwhelmed. And I was like, well, don't tell her she's overwhelmed. And I'm like, but she is. And I'm just labeling. Anyways. She uh, should my know. My blood is boiling that, right now. Because I was always told I couldn't be overwhelmed. Right. But I'm saying, like, it's true. Because right? labeling your emotions with, with son, daughter, whatever, is so important when they're mm-hmm. young. I have a video of yes. Cole when he was, like, four years old. And he's having an absolute meltdown. And I videotaped it but for this. But he's labeling his emotions. It literally had for this purpose. And I remember saying yes. that I was going to film it and show somebody else and it was because he was sitting there like rocking back and forth being like I'm so overwhelmed right now and I don't know what to think I don't know what to say I have so many emotions I just don't know how to figure them out and he was like hyperventilating and I was like this is a proud mom moment for me because my four-year-old is recognizing that he's overwhelmed and he cannot get the words out even though because he knows he needs to like Mm -hmm. he can't just shut down or react yeah Yeah. amazing amazing I mean that's such good work to be doing with our kids no no but that's (laughs) that's great parenting and like we need to do this for all children we especially need to prioritize it for boys because Mm -hmm. we will we are more likely to to not do that for boys and society sure as hell is not going to do it for boys boys need to be tough and don't cry yeah Yeah, boys don't cry yeah Mm -hmm. yeah don't ever tell your kid that (laughs) <laughs> please, please. The media will tell him, but yeah, right. but please don't don't, don't tell him. Boys are allowed to cry. <laughs> they absolutely. My husband is a very good <laughs> example. Of if you want to know how to cry, um, I suggest you follow Brandon Haas on Instagram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, my husband is just a very emotional. He's just a very emotional person, and he's like, yeah, he he. He does hold back his tears, but I think it's for that exact reason because he feels like he can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, kind of lead from the porn thing. We're gonna lead into <laughs> sexual fluidity. Yes. And like same sex fantasies, like is uh, no, yes. Go you ahead. Want to talk? No, no. You're go. shaking. Yeah, I, I, I said me next. Me next. <laughs> I want to say something. Okay, go ahead. I was I, saying that's the topic we're gonna bring up. Okay, and this is like so funny that we're having this conversation tonight because last night I was by myself. My husband was gone out, and are you gonna tell us? No. What? <laughs> no, no, that that you. no, I was on TikTok, <laughs> and I uh, came across this girl's, uh, this person's page, uh, and she's a lesbian. Um, but at first, I couldn't figure out if she was a lesbian, or sorry, if she was a male or female. I don't, I don't care what she was. She was one of the most attractive human beings I've ever seen in my life, and I was genuinely confused. I'm like, does it mean I'm a lesbian, or does it mean I'm bisexual? Like, I don't think I would actually like act on that. But I was like enamored with this woman. I was quite, I'm literally obsessed. Like, I was, well, I, I think I watched every single video. So I don't know I what her name is, but like, just think that. This is me personally. Women's bodies are so much. But she's. Better but it's not like it. She's not like your like your hourglass figure or your fa- your fat. But regardless, she's not regardless. a very fat. I don't want to. I. I. But I'm, she's. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I, I think it's her like lack of femininity. A straight person, but I I don't enjoy looking at penises. Hmm. I do. Yeah. I do. And I, I do. Okay. I say I do. I. Do, I, I like. Yeah, I don't know how to put it. Like, no, I just I know think a female mean. body is so beautiful. It is. It is. And I just yes. think that, like, how normal is it to, for you to fantasize about the same sex, but not actually feel the need to? Like, am her? I bisexual then if I'm attracted to this woman? Is this something you know anything about? I do <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Okay. I do a little bit. Okay, okay, I th- this is not like, not my area of expertise, mm-hmm. but just like some thoughts that I have on it is that we're always trying to put ourselves in boxes and we're trying to figure <sighs> out which box we belong in. Your mom was talking about this the other day, and I love what she had to say. Oh, really? Yeah, my mom. Yes. <laughs> I guess yes. this is where I get it from. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say if it's, I, I don't know, yeah, she'd be okay if she was, yeah, she's been very open with that. Like, it was probably along the same lines of what you're about to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can go on. Yeah, 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 I do want to hear what my mom said, yes. actually. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. 
um, yeah, we want to like label like what am I, what am I not when when sexuality is fluid and sexual orientation is mm-hmm. fluid and um, women are allowed to look at other women in a way that is erotic and in a way yeah. that appreciates beauty and and we've been told that men are not allowed to look at men that way mm-hmm. and so we do feel like a little bit more open to being able to explore right. think about that chances are that if left to their own devices men would also look at men and appreciate the beauty of other men um, or that like there are wi- some beautiful men out there there sure. are there are <laughs> but we've we've said if you're if a man is looking at another man and, and thinks that they are sexual or thinks that they're they're, they're good looking yeah, then it means something yeah. about their sexuality which should be fine anyway if right. they, but like oh suddenly you're put into this category mm-hmm. when like like why right. Be- beautiful things are beautiful yeah. sexual things are sexual why and we, can't they just be yeah, exactly. It can, it can just be. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we want to know patterns and we want to understand and we want to like box ourselves in. And I don't think that we have to do that. Human conundrum. Yeah. But people do have propensities for like yeah. certain mm-hmm. genders over others. Um, and there's something called the Kinsey scale. I don't have either of you heard of the Kinsey scale. I feel scale. like I have heard but of it. But I don't it. know yeah. much about it. I couldn't tell you what it was. I don't know how evidence-based it is, like how much research is behind it, but it's the idea that um, that there's a spectrum of sexual mm-hmm. orientation. So if you're a one, um, then you're like, fully straight you're right. only you're only interested in the opposite sex if you're a seven then you're fully gay you're only interested in um same the same sex. sex and then people can fall right. like along that spectrum so somebody might be like a three and they have sort of interest in like I, I, you might be a woman who like is attracted to other women but but um Never doesn't uh, yeah, yeah doesn't have sex with them um yeah and you can be like anywhere along that scale Definitely. you can be a person like say a bisexual person would be like right a five like right, right in the middle where you're equally attracted to both Mm-hmm. Um, to both genders, both sexes. So, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, and I think that, to speak to what um, your mom had said, and it was, I, I can't remember how the topic of conversation came up, but we were just talking about how, um, I think it, more, it was more to do with gender identity, um, that right now we're so focused on there has to be one of two genders. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the most, most of the world is that we're like, you like have to identify, mm-hmm. right. Um, and we're going to get to a point where it's, it's okay to just be whatever you to are. Just be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And that, I just, I, I kind of think I related that to like the, what we're talking about right now, because that's just in a similar sense. I can, you know, I'm a, I am identify as well, a female, but I can sexually, I can be like, I don't even need like, to identify. I don't need to say I'm bisexual or I'm not bisexual mm-hmm. or I'm straight or I'm not straight. I can just be. I was yeah. going to say, you immediately wanted to put yourself in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, well, okay, but I find women attractive exactly. or I get attracted, whatever. Am like, I this? Am I this? <laughs> you're like, yeah. well, no, yes. We don't right. know, like, you, you're Julia. I'm Julia. 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 <laughs> that is a whole thing on itself. <laughs> Beautiful thing. Oh. We, we contain multitudes. She pumps me up. She literally <laughs> like my confidence booster you're on a cheerleader uh, you're mine too okay i'm glad i hope so you are thanks guys <laughs> i love you jordan oh my gosh you uh, <laughs> julia julia pumps me out sometimes, sometimes i am I, always here to when pump you're you not up. Co- when you're, you're not a badass criticizing I'm, totally I'm totally joking actually to be honest michaela's really good at that <laughs> i was gonna say you get my sister and yeah. her wife on this show they are gonna pump you up i wanted so to actually because i feel like that would be so anyways michaela if you're listening do you want need you. Yeah. i've already told your mom if your moms let's get on here let's yeah. go yeah. more moms the better exactly um okay um do 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 okay well is there a healthy amount of sex to have 
or does that depend on each couple, like what their needs? Like, is, is there a number that's like, I, obviously there's not a number that says like you should be having sex many times, but is that like mm-hmm. d- d- couple dependent? There's an average, like there's yeah. an average number of times that couples have sex yeah. every week. It's one to two times a week. Oh, so, um, so right in the average. Are, Perfect. Oh, <laughs> but you know what? I almost don't want to tell you that. I don't want to tell you that there's an average because people sometimes will come into sex therapy and say, we're not meeting this average Mm -hmm. or we're doing it more than this average. Is this excessive or is this like not enough? And like, who cares? This is just like... Does it work for you? Exactly. Yes. Yes. So no, there is no ideal amount of sex. Like if people live in sexless marriages and they are happy that way, like there are asexual folks who, you know, are in partnerships and... um, and that's great for them. And mm-hmm. they, you know, and they're very, very happy with whatever. Um, and asexuality is on a spectrum, too. So just because somebody's asexual doesn't mean they never have sex. Maybe they like to cuddle. Maybe they like to kiss. And, right. um, and sex is more than sex just penetration. Sex yes. penetration. I was yeah. just going to say that. Sorry. Preach. I was just going to say that. Yes. Okay. Um, there was something here about a sexual peak. Like, is there, a, is there an oh, age that's where... That's my question. Yeah, I think that was you. Mm-hmm. That your sexuality... I'm hoping that it's going to... Peaks? Is it like... And then it starts to go down. I don't know how that works. Like... Yeah. Okay. For females specifically yeah. right now. I'm going to say so 34. What do you think, Julia? 34. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for next year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> keep my fingers Here crossed. Comes, yeah. Here it comes literally. Tomorrow my husband keeping his fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Biologically, I'm not sure. I've heard that I've heard like early 30s mm-hmm. for women. I would venture a guess that if early 30s is the sexual peak, which is strange because women often have children or people often have children at that time. Right. When is the time, which is the time that desire drastically drops. So, um, it would depend on the things that are going on in your life at any given time. But I think that there's something I've experienced is like empowerment in my thirties to feel like I have a voice and I can ask for the things that I want. Mm -hmm. So at any time in your life, when you're feeling more assertive or you're feeling more connected to yourself or more mindful or then that's probably going to be your sexual peak. If sex is something that you're interested in pursuing at that time. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just want to say that there, a, my, I've done the like mind blown thing about four different times in this conversation, <laughs> like, and I, I have conversations and like, oh, I'm like, yeah, so but it's so it is, speaks to. I can't remember. There's a term for it. I remember one of my university professors had said, where someone says some, someone says something so simple yet so profound, um, and you think to yourself, why didn't I? put those things together mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you why because I'm an expert in it. Julia's a therapist now. <laughs> no, I, no, it's called You've been my therapy. therapist my whole <laughs> life. I yeah. mean, like, un- unofficially. But you, no, you are. You have, you, like, have gotten to therapy a lot. And I've seen, I've seen like, quite a few different therapists yeah. um, and uh, I, I am such a huge advocate for therapy. Like, whenever anyone asks me anything to do with my relationship, I will say, preface it with, we go to therapy and learned mm-hmm. this is what is right for us. Mm-hmm. And um, she tells me that I need to go, which... All of the time. To I told my mom she needs to go. I told my mom... I told my grandmother, my 78-year-old grandmother who just lost her husband, mm-hmm. um, who was going through a really hard time, and I just reminded her that mental you're health... You're never too old for Yeah, therapy. you're never... Mm-hmm. And you're never, too, you're never too old or you're never exempt from mental health struggles. So, mm-hmm. but my point being that all of these things that Siobhan's saying right now, I have had those moments in therapy where I'm just like... Wow. Mm-hmm. And another thing uh, I want to say, because my therapist is fantastic, uh, other than Siobhan. Siobhan's my, like, fr- <laughs> my friend therapist. You know, like, the friend therapist. Our best But she always says that we have we have the capabilities and the information and everything inside of us to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you, the therapist, 
will encourage it and bring it out and and try to open your mind to connect those dots and that's what you just did for us i think that's what exactly what it was jordan we're and i were like right. connecting two things and we're like holy fuck that's it so therapy Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yeah it comes from the it comes from within we need to yeah. also normalize yeah normalize therapy for sure yeah mm -hmm. because like to be totally transparent like brandon and i were having a conversation julia was here for this conversation where <laughs> As I usually we am. we've known for a very long time that like therapy would probably be something that would benefit us individually but then us together um and brandon kept saying no 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 he didn't want to go he didn't want to go and i didn't understand why that was mm -hmm. and i was like why like why wouldn't you just go if you know that like he keeps i keep saying to him like well how are we gonna fix these issues and he was like, well then when you go to therapy i'm like then why won't you go mm -hmm. and he admitted to me it was because it's like it's almost like he you immediately feel like a our relationship's failing if you go to mm -hmm. therapy which i think is the opposite yeah i think your relationship's thriving if Absolutely. you're gonna go to therapy together but also as personally he's like yeah it's like it's an embarrassing thing he feels like he's like or, I mean, other people might feel the same way, but it's like you're less than if you mm -hmm. need to go to you, therapy. You failed personally as right, a husband. Right, if you need to go to therapy. And I think yeah. it's the complete opposite of that. I think it's like yeah. if you're recognizing the fact that you need to go to therapy and you're taking the actions to do that, you're a step ahead of a lot of other people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't go to, like, emotions 101 as children. We should. Yeah. Right. But, but children are not learning early on. Like, we are not learning as a society how to take care of our emotions, how to take care of our relationships. We're learning so algebra. And so weird. I've never used algebra, but I yeah, have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but we're not learning about emotions and about how to, to connect with each other. And so therapy is teaching that, but there's this like, yeah, people feel like a failure if they have to go, but why should you know something that you were never taught? Like we're all trying to do this as we go and to navigate it as we go. We don't have to, like you can have a roadmap through a therapist who right. can tell you like, this is how you do that. There's no shame in that. And I think often couples come too late when the, mm -hmm. when the patterns are so deeply entrenched and the, the um, resentment is so strong that it's really hard to unpack so much. There you go, Brandon. There's a reason to go to therapy <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> right. No, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But also I'm a therapist. I have struggled with like yeah. getting myself a therapist. My mom has had to tell me like a hundred times, you need to go and see a therapist. And I'm like, yeah, I really do. And still have resistance to it. And it's because I think I should be able to do it myself yeah. as a therapist. Right. I should know. But you're not I immune to your you know, every other thing that ever happens to anyone else. No, no. When it comes to you know yourself. And I, I've seen yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that actually humbles me and it makes me as her it makes you best feel better, friend. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I see Siobhan and, you know, she goes through the normal everyday struggles that I go through mm -hmm. or that anyone else would go through. And for, and I will put you on a pedestal and be like, no, Siobhan knows everything. She's fine. She's fine. And I think I've sometimes in our friendship done that where I've just been like, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> she knows what she's doing, but I should have checked up on her and mm -hmm. I didn't. And I feel really bad about that. I've so done the same. I've done the same. I have the same thoughts about you. Like when okay. you were struggling. So I think that often we feel like we don't know how to like right. be there and how to be the yeah. friend and, and both of of us I think like to put on a certain competent face like I've got it together and yeah, no yeah. no often we don't and even it, though I I will like literally break down in front of her so <laughs> thank you yes and and I will break down in front of you yes so. absolutely <laughs> yeah. we've done it plenty of times yeah. there's no shame in that no. which is funny because I think that actually like speaks to more than just I mean there's mental health but sex is a part of mental health yeah like that I think it, it, tr it translates like if you were to go to therapy just for like sex therapy, you can translate all of these things that you're learning just like that sandwich mm -hmm. thing. You're not just going to talk. You're not going to use that in a conversation about sex. You're going to translate mm -hmm. it into everything else in your life. So, yes. 
Yeah, it applies across. Like, people will come in. I'm working with students right now at Western University, and Mm -hmm. they'll come in and say, I'm procrastinating on my homework. Everybody starts with that, and it goes into grief, and it goes into trauma, and it goes into all of these places. But it's like, we were just working on this one thing. (laughs) And the skills that you learn or the way that it shows up in your life is different, but but therapy is going to give you tools that you can use all across your life. So Absolutely. I, I still remember... Um, one of my first therapy sessions when I was in my, actually, it wasn't even my first therapy sessions. One of the first ones I can remember, um, that one of the first things that she said, and she didn't know me for very long. I think it was only like 30 minutes into my session. She goes, you know what, Julia, it sounds like you're giving like little bits of yourself to a lot of different people Mm -hmm. instead of giving yourself all of yourself to one person. Mm. And that has stuck with me, my entire relationship with my husband. Because mm. oh, I, I, I do so compartmentalize that. a lot of my life. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, he doesn't need to know about that. I, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not, you know, being dishonest with him. I'm just not being completely upfront with him. And even though he's craving me to talk to him, like we went on our first date night the other night and I just, I, I think I talked the entire time. <laughs> not uncommon of Julia. But, <laughs> true. but maybe not to him. Maybe no, you're it's not. It's true though. Yeah. But he, it's funny because he has said that where he's like, people talk people say that you talk all the time or you talk a lot. He goes, and you don't talk at all to me, but I did. I opened up and I went all into these different things. And, and I think we just felt automatically reconnected. Yeah. Sexually exactly. too. No, yes. no, I, I'm, I, 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 we have to abstain from having sex because I'm getting my IUD put in. Did you want to have sex? Absolutely. <laughs> I did. Yes. 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 There was alcohol involved too. So that, <laughs> well, that'll help. We were actually in front of a fire with our neighbors and we were telling the story about um, me having me and Brandon having sex in front of the fire when we were camping with you guys. And we were hiding in the tent and we yeah. could hear... No, oh, you, no, 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 no. <laughs> you guys were doing something first. And I said, if no. you don't shut up, I'm going to have sex in front of this fire. There you guys. There's the story. Retaliatory sex. Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it happens. I mean, we've been... We've been very oddly, open. <laughs> so we've been oddly close for a really long time. It's Not weird. in that way, I but... Actually, it, speaking of that, one of the questions that Julia <laughs> submitted into our question box is, is it normal for your husband <laughs> to want to boink your brother-in-law? <laughs> So wait yes. to your husband to want to boink your brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. So like Brandon, is it normal for my Brandon to want to boink her Brandon and vice versa? Wow. They I mean, actually, it shows a closeness in their relationship, right? right? I don't That's think amazing. they actually want to have sex with each other, but I mean, their relationship is so close that they like, I love that question. Like I thought that it was going to be like, Oh, you want to answer it? You want to like talk about it? Let's talk about it. I, she already kind of did where it's like, it's, that's oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. totally fine. It's normal for people to want to boink anybody that they love or like that they, oh, you know, like that's thing. why yeah. not? We, we are so afraid of like what it means, you know, uh, because we're told that it should be the, like your partner should be the one. And if they, if your partner thinks about anybody outside of that, it's so threatening. Like, is that the only thing in your relationship? Is well, like that's that, something I've struggled with for so forever, literally mm-hmm, forever mm-hmm. is I know that when I think about another person or if I fantasize about another person specifically or unspe- in, unspecifically in whatever, <laughs> not, not specifically, <laughs> um, you know, cause sometimes it's just a fantasy of like a random thing person. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at you cause you're such a mess. I love you. <laughs> I am. Anyways, it's okay. I, 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 whatever. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> It was threatening. It's been threatening it's for been you. It's been threatening because yeah. I know when I think you can that tell like she's that. A therapist, she brought you right back. <laughs> like, she did. She usually does that on a non-therapist <laughs> level too. Um, you do too in the podcast. Do you like? This is where we were actually. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I listened back to it, and Jordan's like, like, "Let's bring well, you back." Too. And I have ADHD too, undiagnosed, but at least I can. I'm at least medicated too. for it. But too. okay, so my point being is that 
Um, I know that I feel okay. Like, I still love the shit out of my husband, even though I can still have, like, thoughts about someone else or anything else. But when I think about him having thoughts about someone else, I'm just like, I can, you know that feeling of, I know everyone can relate. Every woman, at least, mm-hmm. listening or person listening to this podcast, when you, the, the jealousy and the, like, the hurt and the pain that you would feel if you could imagine your partner having sex with someone else or doing something that you would not approve of. I'm laughing because I don't feel like that. I weirdly oh, enough, wow. weirdly okay. enough have told Brandon that it almost is a turn on for me knowing that he's, he's thinks about other women and, and then comes back to me. Aww, okay. That's, really nice. that's actually really interesting because so up until about like a couple years ago, that's how I felt like, not your, but my perspective. And then since, my, since Brandon and I started going to therapy and mm-hmm. being more, open about things I actually that has been then a turn on when I think about I'm like that he wants her he, he can't have her he's gonna come back to me I'm like oh. right mm-hmm. yeah like and I think that has, okay so that there we go I put dots together uh, it's my insecurity it, that f- was fueled by my insecurity not not anything to do with him that has everything to do with me it's both though it's oh, okay. it's your yeah. self-esteem yeah. it's how you feel about yourself and it's the trust that you have in your mm. relationship well, so we all know that that was like we had trust issues for like a long time so it was shaky yeah so when you went to therapy then you might feel more in touch with yourself and more confident in yourself you also feel more in touch with brandon and the connection that you have yeah. with brandon so if he shows some vague interest in somebody mm. else you're not as threatened because you you feel that your relationship is strong with yes. him yeah. and and maybe that's something that that you've We've, I've have. kind of always I'll, felt that. Yeah, way, George, always. I, I've always said I've I've actually said this to Brandon, or maybe even you before, or you. I don't even know. I'm looking at both of them, obviously, right now. <laughs> that I I re- I have so much respect for Brandon Haas in that way because, as a big sister to Jordan, I have never once in my life been able to like entertain a thought that your Brandon would go outside the marriage in any way because well, he just loves the shit I don't know if I'm you. overstepping here by bringing this into the conversation because it's not about me, but my, my brother-in-law, his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend now, had a conversation with me once. In her previous relationship, she was cheated on. And mm-hmm. she said to me, she goes, I just, I, I, it would kill me for that to happen again. And I said, I said, I'm not going to say names, but I said her name. I said, I can promise you these boys would do a lot of stupid shit. That is, <laughs> a lot. That is not one of them. I, I know for a fact, all three of them. I'm like, I don't know what it is about the way that their parents raised them. Well, and like, it's like Fred, that, too. Like, I, like, like, never in a million absolutely. years. Never in yeah. a million years. Like, would I ever, like, I would literally put my life on the fact that none of them would ever do something like that. And I don't know what it is about them. Yeah, yeah. They're mm-hmm. just so, like... Grounded in that way. Yeah. And, yeah. like, they, yeah. So, I, I mean, Brandon and I have always had that. Like, from the moment we even started talking, like, you guys know our story a little bit. Like, I, I didn't even, like, worry that he was talking to other people because mm-hmm. he's just always been reassured me that, like, no, it's just you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. We've, yeah we've, we've had a lot of other issues, <laughs> but that is not one of them. Like, I, we, there's always been trust. And I yeah. feel like he feels the same way about me. Yeah. And just Absolutely. recognize, like, that's a little bit about, like you two and your values but it's also about the things that you're doing in your relationship that keep that trust going so mm-hmm. it's important i think sometimes we take that for granted like i trust my partner and that's great and they would never do that yeah. and then we forget that we are actually doing active things to mm. build that trust and that that needs to continue not that if it didn't he would go out and cheat on you yeah. but that one of the benefits that you have is that you have this really sure sense about your relationship yeah. and that you're probably so you're actually completely fucked up you're good <laughs> just a little bit just no 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 just a little bit <laughs> there's salvageability in your relationship but bringing that back to the whole sex thing yeah let's whereas, do like, that because because of my <laughs> my low libido right like i think a lot of other women with a low libido yeah would say 
oh, well, I don't, like, I don't feel the desire to have sex with my partner. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to go out and cheat on me? I've literally never felt like that. That mm-hmm. is, that is a really interesting topic. I've yeah. ne- I, like, as, as I have, like, I'm telling you people when I say my libido is low, it is low. <laughs> okay, so then let me ask you like, this. And I've never felt like that. I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. And yes, people, we do ask each other these questions on a regular, this stuff all, all the time. time. This is not abnormal. No, Julian, not at all. There's no awkwardness <laughs> in here. Um, so do you ever, so because you have a super low libido, do you ever get to the point, like, can Brandon get you to the point where then you're, like, actually interested in having sex? Or is it more of, like, oh, an yeah, obligatory 100%. thing? And, oh, like, what okay. I was saying with the, like, he knows that, like, one of the, the, the best ways, the sure ways to get him sex is for him to give me a back rub. Like, Brandon, why like, are you fucking <laughs> No, but it's, and he knows. He, he like, it's, he is, like, down to science. He's got it. He does it a certain way, and then he knows it's just gonna happen, right? And it's like, yes, absolutely, he can get me there. It's like, I don't have, like, what you're saying, I don't have that baseline, which mm-hmm. I, apparently a lot of other women don't, but I'm not, I'm not. So would she be considered a low libido? So, yeah, I, I almost want to change that term I, w- I want to change that label to like you are not a person with low libido you are a person whose libido shows itself under certain circumstances mm. and you need those you need those check boxes to be met in order to experience desire and so I, I think that you so pigeonhole not- yourself into this like I have a low libido so I'm just gonna always have a low libido and something's wrong with me right, and well, whatever. I, just, I always felt like it was like well, well my husband has to do all these things for me to be no, able to no but that's normal <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it's supposed to work that's making me feel so because I'm like I was like Oh, he has to do, give me a back rub again. Like, that must be so annoying for him. I like, have needs in my relationship. <laughs> like, just like my husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> my my mind is blown because I'm going to so have a conversation with Brandon tonight and I'm going to be, I'm going to do the sandwich conversation and I'm, I'm going to tell him. But I feel so validated and I hope other people. Her face is red <laughs> and I can tell that that's how she feels solid or if she feels I'm overwhelmed. Like, yeah, no, not overwhelmed. But in like, a good way. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm really fucking hot. It's <laughs> I know. Well, we're talking about sex. Three women in a closet. There you go. There's a fantasy for all y'all. It's true. I hope other women hearing this conversation who have the same experiences as me feel validated as well because you're. it's not abnormal for you to need what you need to be able to get to a point where you're ready to have sex with your husband. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, yeah, ex- exactly. And, and I know that you see me and Brandon's relationship as like a... Uh, Fuck like buddies? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that one. (laughs) But can I just, I'll be completely honest with you, and I don't think I've ever told, I know I've told you this before, but so I've told Siobhan this, but I've never told Jordan this, but a lot of it feels obligatory. And even as a younger person, having sex with somebody, and this gets into a whole other Mm. situation of of shit, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have many, many, many times in my life had sex with somebody because I felt like I had to, mm-hmm. because there was no other option. And that translates it. I'm not saying that I haven't ever done that with my husband. It was more of like a, on like a pressure level, it's been more of like a, a my wifely duties. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm also the type of person who's like, I want to be the best wife in the entire world. I want my husband to brag about all the sex that he has. <laughs> He's the greatest thing ever. And See, yeah, where I'm like, I want my husband to brag about how my house is clean. And then I'm like, <laughs> See, like, priorities. <laughs> but I mean, it, again, it's not... Like, I'm doing it and I'm not enjoying it. Or I'm not wanting to do it. I just probably... Like, for the first four years of a relationship, no word of a lie, Brandon can uh, corroborate this, that I never said... I didn't say what, no once. Mm-hmm. And that was not because I didn't I want to. Say, is it because you... No, no. I had, like... So I'm saying, like, to contrast that feeling of obli- ob- obligation that I have felt before, it was never in that first four years. After that, it was a different story. Like, my yeah. mm-hmm. w- w- with the infertility stuff and a lot of our relationship issues, and your, then and it dropped off. Mental health, that. exactly. Yeah. That dropped off. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. again, like, I, I, so I actually kind of wanted to just bring up that topic for uh, and 
hoping it's a hot second. We're at like an hour and 10 minutes now, but <laughs> yeah, you guys again can turn it off. <laughs> um, wait, 318. Yeah, you're good. Um, yes. is, is that feeling that of, of a, I'm going to say female, um, but I'm sure males could probably relate in some situations that there have been times, I can't remember what show I was watching the other day, but it was actually, it was a transgender woman saying that she had to, oh no, it was a real person on TikTok. (laughs) She was live and she went on a date with, so she's a transgender woman. This person knew she was a transgender woman and she was very specific and upfront with this man, um, that she was going out with and saying, I will not have sex with you on mm-hmm. the first date mm-hmm. ever. It's a no-go. And he drove a very long way, so she kind of assumed that, like, oh, wow, so he's a good guy. Mm. He he doesn't want to have sex with me, but he'll drive two hours to see me, to have a date with me. And then she came back on live, and I watched it, and she was, like, just a mess because she's, like, because he just wanted to hook up with her. And then she said, um, he so in lieu of them not having sex, he's like, well, can I at least have a kiss? Mm. And she said, Gross. I didn't know how to say no, so I just did, and my heart just broke. Oh, I have been in that situation. So we're not talking about marriage sex or relationship sex right now. We're talking about all different kinds of it. That has happened to me many, many times, Mm -hmm. where I felt like I didn't have a voice to say to the man, no. Mm -hmm. I tried, Mm -hmm. and it was like a... He just tried to convince. He's oh, just, that goes into a whole lot of like yeah. societal issues. Consa- oh, yeah, sure. they're talking about. But consent, I think I think yeah. the point of this uh, and a uh, podcast entirely is to normalize a lot of things, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that if you're somebody, um, and that might play into your libido issues with your partner. Um, I know it did for a lot of different, or th- with me too. But um, yeah. That's hard. It's hard, yeah. And and I think what yeah, it gets into consent and coercion mm-hmm. and like how traumatic to be in a situation where no you feel means like, no. Yeah. I have yeah. literally drilled that into my son's head. Like I'll randomly just be like cleaning the house and you know, that's not true. Mm, <laughs> never. You don't, you don't clean. <laughs> she might be sitting on the couch on her phone. That's Sh- shout out to D- DC Home Services who I'm gonna hire when I have enough money to. But um literally I randomly I'll just be like, Cole, no means no, right? Like, yes, mom, no means no. I'm like no means no like you walk away he goes well I mean I'll just back away but yeah (laughs) yes yes and we show our children this by listening to their nose like it's hard in parenting (laughs) but see my face I preach this to everybody I know and like people ask like like it's the weirdest thing one of my like hard no's when it comes to my kid is like if you if you ask for a hug and she says no don't fucking force that on her Mm -hmm. I will cut you. Like, <laughs> just, really, though, because... Just an FYI for our <laughs> listeners. No, because I think it's so important to know that, like, when your child says no, it means no. Mm-hmm. And I want her to feel empowered in her no. Mm-hmm. Because, and coming from a her aunt, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore you for that because I did not, could not say no. And I'm not saying that it was a it's failure on any... Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. It was just, that's how it was. That's how I grew up. That was my generation, mm-hmm. uh, being a millennial. And I didn't and couldn't say no. And now I have issues because of it, so. No, mm-hmm. and yeah, no is so important. And Actually, even my husband, even when it comes to my husband, when, when like, she's not old enough now to yeah. say no, but, like, she shows signs that she doesn't like something, mm-hmm. and I say, and especially when you're tickling her, she says, oh, stop it! That's not like a, <laughs> stop! I mean, she's saying stop. Mm-hmm. Can you remind him of that next time he starts tickling me and I say no? Yes, no, but that's why I get so angry with him when it's, like, when, like, he, like, even something as far as, like, you're, like, Cole, even, yeah, right, where he's, like, playing, and, I mean, Cole doesn't really, they play back, but it's, like, oh, stop! It's, like, 
stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop means stop. No matter how time. playful it sounds, yeah. no matter how like ooh sexy it sounds in a situation where you're in like a sexual interaction with somebody, mm-hmm. it's no means no. And mm-hmm. Stop means stop. Yeah. Does check that out come those... up in your research though? Uh, like, is that is is that a variable or something that you have explored? I have like brilliant people in my lab are exploring yeah. that. Okay. Um, I haven't personally looked at it, but in terms of consent, I think that we need to look at those nonverbals as well because mm. there are power implications when women are with men when people are with people who are larger than them more powerful than them have some sort of influence over them that makes no very very difficult so if somebody is looking away if they're turning their body if they're if they're hesitating like there's so many signals that mean no that if somebody's not giving an enthusiastic yes then it's a no right Mm -hmm. like if it's not yes 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 i'm so excited i can't wait it's a no. Mm-hmm. It's a no. So think about your power position when you're when you're with people. Like, are you older? Are you richer? Are you is your are you bigger? Are you stronger? Like, these are all things that influence people to saying yes when they don't want to. So everybody needs to be aware aware of that in terms of consent. I think I wanted you an entire episode on. Because I learned a lot of, I, like, I explored a lot of these things in school. And, mm-hmm. like, obviously I don't have as much knowledge as, like, let's say you would. But, I like, I've done a lot of my own research and things that, like, I feel like if people are interested listening, if you want to hear things like that, like, like things that we're implementing into our parenting based off of things that have happened in our past kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, things yeah. That, I mean, let me let us know because yeah. I think that might be, like, interesting for people to. And I just, I kind of want to add a little bit of something. And I, I have been and will be very open about a lot of things in my life. And there, I said this previously. Again, it's coming in an episode, people. <laughs> I, um, but just to speak on it very quickly because we have dove it, dove dive. Dove, 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 whatever, into this this topic, (laughs) into this topic that um, I feel like I was never able to say that I was sexually assaulted because I didn't fit within this box Mm -hmm. of, did you, did this, this, this happen? No, then you will not, we're not sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. I was sexually... We maybe should have put a trigger warning in that. (laughs) Can you add one? We probably can. I might, (laughs) might try and add like a little bit of a trigger warning before we start talking about that. Right. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I was Before like, you go into more detail, wow! This is a tr- trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> Click away now. Swipe away. Whatever. I'm so it. sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm and again as a millennial, I'm really terrible at that being a thing. So trigger warnings. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah. Now that we've warned. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was yeah. That's something that's happened to you. Yeah. But, but you invalidated yourself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because I didn't. I felt like I didn't fit. I didn't. There was. There were no like three or four things that happened that made it. A sexual assault, therefore, I couldn't call it a sexual assault, mm-hmm. but there absolutely was. You said no when it happened, anyways. That's sexual assault, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and but anyway, so yeah, that's just so yo. If, if that's happened to you, I don't want you to invalidate that. And if that's something that is impacting you, impacting your sexuality, your libido, yeah. any of that, yeah, because like, it did huge. it for me, it did for a really long it's time, huge. so yeah. yes. And and I think something that like bringing back to how this plays out in healthy relationships mm-hmm. is that the the thought process is that when you're not safe and it's hard to say no, you're thinking about the other person, what the other person wants, how I'm going to get out of this situation, what they need. Yeah. It puts you into a mindset of not thinking about yourself and your own needs, but about survival or how I, I'm like going to be okay. Yeah. Yes. And if you've had that trauma, you can take that into your, your current relationship and start thinking about, you kept talking about, Julia, you kept talking about Brandon's needs. I'm afraid that if I don't meet his needs, I need to do this 
this thing. I need you're thinking outside of yourself, which is the least sexy thing. Because and he identity he knows, he knows that. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's expressed that to yeah. you. Yeah. And not Today. I don't even mean like sexy on his that like, oh right. stop reassurance seeking. Yeah. Like it's 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 unsexy for you because yeah. we experience sex within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking always about Brandon and his experience, then you're not thinking about you and your experience. So it's not about Julia anymore and like what would feel good to me what do I want it's about oh my gosh what do I need in order to be safe in this relationship which is not going to get you turned on so. wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I and, I, and again I'm sure that will resonate with yes. a lot of other people regardless 100%. of what their past looks like yeah I, 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 I actually opened up to, to Julia not long ago um about how I remember with that very specific person who I said I was like is this sexual assault like was I remember that I was telling you about? I'm, I don't want to say their name because... I'm ashamed would... to say that I can't remember I'll, right I'll now. I'll bring it up to you when we, later, and when I say his name, you'll know exactly okay. what I'm talking about. Okay. But, um, yeah, and, like, and I, I don't... Oh, I, yes, I now said, I know. I always said that I don't think that had an impact on me, but then I really don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't... I think it absolutely had an impact on you, just know, knowing you from my Maybe when it came to my, my future relationships mm-hmm. with him. Oh, with absolutely. that specific person. Yeah. Meaning, like, I felt pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. So it's ironic that this is happening <laughs> Yeah, I was today. just going to say, like, and... Yeah. Anyway, so, like, I feel like it may have had an impact on it, like, not with other people, but him specifically. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was a future with that yeah. same person. If it feels off to you, then it's off, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if, there, if something I, felt not right, And that's exactly right. what Julia said to me in the moment. She was like, she was like, you, you didn't want it, therefore, that's... Mm -hmm. oh damn I got I gave some good advice (laughs) even though I didn't remember it at first (laughs) but yeah trauma will impact you in ways that you have no idea so you might be you might have these like little things that you do yeah yeah you just don't know what Mm -hmm. what's going to come on of it you may it may be something seemingly totally unrelated like how Mm -hmm. often for you Jordan you clean your kitchen or (laughs) um, you know and somehow it has to do with control or feeling like you want to take back that control I am not Jordan's therapist I am not Jordan's therapist I am not <laughs> no, because that just wow, that like opened up something huge. Like, oh, we're, we're tears. I'm not trying to, to open all of this up. Like, you, I know I've needed to go to therapy for so long. There's an iceberg. This just reiterated. Just that. go mm-hmm. see my therapist. Yeah, I know, I know, mm-hmm. I know, because that's that that control thing. Yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we yeah, need like, to unpack that some more <laughs> because <laughs> that 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 was huge. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it comes up in these things like I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what my need is for this, but there's there's often something to unpack underneath it. And, and yeah. again, guys, I that is that is a question I ask myself when it comes to either my kids, my husband, my sister, my family, everyone in my life. I'm always thinking, what is fueling these actions? Mm-hmm. That's because I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About yeah. that, and we're back to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Okay, it's so important. I feel like we need to. We've answered all the questions. Yeah. We need to kind of wrap <laughs> this up. If you guys want a part two, if we didn't answer some of your questions, or we can have Siobhan on just for like, I, I mean, a part two to this, but I'd be I do kind of want to have you on talking about like parenting with like uh, you have two very different children, right? So yes. like that experience. Yes, um, one of my children has autism spectrum disorder, mm-hmm. and one is neurotypical. So yeah, I do have like very different parenting experiences with the two of them, and so I'd that love might be to talk fun to have it. you on there to talk about that kind of thing. We are hoping to get your sister on yeah. she, her background education yeah but mm-hmm. also her parenting experiences mm-hmm. would be so cool to like to have bring on and talk so yeah this is 
I this yeah. is wow. My, I, I, I think I'm Jordan sweating. doesn't know how to like talk. I'm still I'm, covering from that last. I'm comment. sweating so much that the back of my knees are sweating. <laughs> and I uh, and I spray tanned or I self tanned yesterday, and it, I'll you guys. No, probably, I also said like, in the beginning of this, I said I ran out of deodorant three days ago, so I'm yes, really trying to keep my armpits <laughs> <laughs> so I don't gas everybody out. And that's not anything. But okay. it has been so much fun talking to you. Thank you so thank, much for you having for, me on. Wow, all of your information. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so helpful. Um, and we're, you're gonna be back. So. Of course, I tried have to back. convince Siobhan to maybe do like an Instagram just to give general information <laughs> when she's a doctor or when she can or when she can give that information. Uh, yeah, you because some of it, it, it would just be just random things like random quotes or ran- random statistics are, I feel like are so the helpful. Same what you just said to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a general, in a general sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I no, we're, I, I mean, I feel insanely blessed not only to have you as a friend, just as a person, but mm. like you, your background is also very helpful <laughs> sometimes because she can at least give me like. Like a just a data driven answer rather yeah, than like yeah. a, a friend She's answer. She's not pulling out her ass, you know. <laughs> no, I mean not like me, Sometimes like what I, I do. <laughs> Sometimes I am. So <laughs> okay, it's, it's a fake it till you make it. Um, so as always, if you guys like what you heard today, which I'm sure you all will, there's no, there's there was something for everybody. We're talking about here. sex here. That's good. <laughs> but there's something for everybody. Yeah. Um, you can like write our podcast, write a uh, review, subscribe, Please. download, do all of the things because it definitely helps us. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mom underscore splained um and if and if you guys have ideas like you have a topic that you want us to talk about if we can't speak on it personally we can get we will somebody find somebody yeah with a lot of connections. We'll, we can talk about it jordan and i can talk for literal <laughs> even if we hours. can't give you like research-based information we can give you probably a personal experience yeah or find somebody who can right so, exactly or if you want to be a guest on our podcast if you feel like you have information to share please reach out to either julia i or moms underscore splain on instagram um and we would love to have you in person or over the phone, online, whatever. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out because technical difficulties, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, wow, this is okay. awesome. Okay, so Yay, let's... Thanks for listening, guys, for a whole long 82 minutes, whatever that is, in hours and seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. And stay tuned for our next episode, which we, you know by now, we're releasing two episodes a week. So we're going to release... This one will be with George, Julia, and I. Right, so this, like, we're going to... We want to release a interview podcast or episode and then a uh, just a Jordan and I podcast so or episode <laughs> we're, we're done talking now. We're <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm waving